dim and unclear. Jesus, I'm glad I know you are near. Weary and worn from this life I live, I long for the peace that you give. Peace in the midst of my storm. Peace in the midst of my storm. Draw me close to thyself, O Lord, and give me peace in the midst of my storm. Jesus, through you, I've the power to sing. You gave the promise that you'd hold my hand. Trust in your word, to you I will cling. Praise God for the peace that you Bibles out and go to the book of First Samuel this morning. First Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty. We're going to read verses one through eight. First Samuel thirty, verse one says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with them lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 
And David said to Abiathar the priest of Memelech, Son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. David in this story, I mean, he's at a very low point right now. I mean, his wife, his wives have been taken captive. All of his men, their families are gone. Their houses are burned. I mean, this is a tough time. David wasn't the king yet, but David, he was the, he was the leader of this group. And, they, uh, and the men are upset. The Bible says they were crying so much that they, they just, they couldn't even cry anymore. They didn't have any more power to weep. And David, the Bible says, he was grieved in his heart. And the people, they're so upset. They're so, uh, sad about what is taking place and they're becoming angry and they, they're starting to talk about stoning David. Even though it wasn't David's fault, but they're, they're mad at him. And David, I mean, he is clearly at a very low point, right, um, during this time. And you know, there's gonna be many times in your life where you're at low points where you're gonna need encouragement. Sometimes, you can get that encouragement from other people like a family member, a preacher, or a friend. However, there's going to be times in your life when they're not around. And sometimes you just can't even always depend on them. In Job chapter 16, verse 2, after Job went through all the horrible things that he went through, he had his three friends that decided to show up to comfort him. But Job's friends, they didn't do a very good job. Job's friends, they all were trying to figure out why God was punishing Job and trying to find out what was wrong with Job. And there was nothing wrong with Job. But I like what Job said in chapter 16, verse 2. He says, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. These guys, they weren't very good at it. Sometimes when you go to people for comfort, maybe a family member or a friend, a lot of times they don't do a very good job. Maybe they give you an earful. Oh, you're just getting what you want, or you're getting what you asked for, and you walk away just miserable. You know, sometimes uh, maybe even in church, you know, you're you know, going through a tough time, and you're thinking, "Boy, I could really use something encouraging from the pastor today. I hope he preaches an encouraging message, or maybe a message on comfort or something." And he decides to maybe just nail down some sin and just you know preach the fire down on everybody, and you know, and you, you go out feeling worse than when you came in. That kind, of, that kind of thing might happen sometimes. And I tell you, I'm not I'm, today. I'm trying to preach a message. Uh, on comfort and on how to encourage yourself in the Lord, because the truth is, you know, the more I get to know everybody, the more I find out that hey, you know, some of y'all been through some pretty tough stuff. This life sometimes it throws some difficulties our way, and there are some very hard times that some of you have been through, some difficult things that you've had to go through, some things that maybe you're dealing with right now, and. I'm pretty sure that everybody in here, if you don't need some encouragement today, you will need some in the near future. And I wish I could tell you, I know I want to be there to encourage people. I want to be there for you. I'll do my best. But you know, I'm not going to try to get you to rely too much on me. Because sometimes, you know, I might fail you. Hopefully I can help. Hopefully your family will be there for you. But sometimes... They might not quite cut it either. And there is going to come some times in your life where you're not going to be able to find encouragement anywhere other than from Jesus Christ. Other than from the Lord. And David, he didn't have anywhere to turn to at this time. 
And David, he's kind of all, there all by himself. And he's grieved, the Bible says. But he says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want to talk about how to do that today. How to encourage yourself in the Lord. It's so important that you know how to do that like David did. And first thing that we see by David, David, he had a habit throughout his life of going to the Father for everything. He always went to God for everything. We're going to look at some different areas in the book of Psalms because David, he was a poet. He was a songwriter. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. And David often, when he was going through a happy time, he would write a psalm. When he was going through a sad time, he would write a psalm. I mean, he was always doing that, and uh, we can really kind of get some insight into just how David got through some of these times by some of his writings in the book of Psalms. And we're going to look at some of those. But one thing that David went to the, he always went to the Father for, and that he did in this passage, is he went to the Father for counsel. Verse 7 says, and David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod of David. And David inquired at the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? I mean, this is after a big defeat. And David, he's these people's commander. They're about ready to stone him. If he makes the wrong choice here, if he does nothing, there's a good chance he's going to get stoned. If he goes and pursues after them, and they lose more men, they suffer another defeat, he's probably going to get stoned again. I mean, his people, they're, they're upset with him. And David, he's in a situation where he has got to make the right choice. And he does not know what to do. And I'm here today to tell you, you're not always going to have all the answers. There's going to be some times in your life where you're going to face things and you are going to get stumped. And you're not going to know what to do. And other people aren't going to know what to do. You're going to go to your friends and they're going to give you bad advice. They're they're not they're not going to know what to do. But David, he had a habit of going to the Lord during the difficult times. And in Psalms chapter nineteen, if you want to turn over there, Psalms nineteen. I love this passage of scripture. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. This was a psalm of David, and it says in verse seven, it says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Notice what David thought about the words of God, about the law of God. David understood that these things, they were, hey, they're perfect, they're pure, they're righteous. These things, you can count on them. David had that mindset of when it came to the Word of God, when it came to the things of God, and when David didn't know what to do, he, he'd just go to the Father. Lord, what do you want me to do? He went to him for counsel. One of the main reasons people go to others for counsel is because they are looking for someone to back them up. David knew that, and David knew if God backed him up, there's not going to be any problem. That's what people do whenever they go to somebody for advice. Most of the time, it's just 
For example, I'm just going to give you a little secret here. I probably shouldn't give this away. But if I come to you, and anybody's like this, all right? I'm just going to speak one of those truths that never get spoken. Okay, when somebody comes to you, or if I come to you, and I was like, you know, my car is making this funny noise. I, I can't figure out what's causing it. You know, what do you think it is? I'm coming to you for counsel. I'm coming to you for advice. But I'm also coming to you hoping that maybe you'll know what to do about it, <laughs> and you'll fix it. Alright? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe your wife's done that before. You know, hey, you know, you know, the washing machine's making a funny noise. What do you think that is? That's code for it. You need to see if you can go fix that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And that, that's a lot of times that counsel we go for, we're really wanting to try to get somebody else to do something, aren't we? I probably shouldn't have gave that away. You know, but uh, it's, just, it's just the truth. And David, he doesn't know what to do. David has just suffered a great defeat and he's thinking, I've, I've got to have help here. And so he goes to the Lord and says, Lord, what should I do? Now, I personally believe God could have told him anything and David would have done it. For example, Gideon, he went and fought a multitude that couldn't be numbered with only 300 men. Why was he willing to do it? Because God told him to. And Gideon knew the little secret that you get your counsel from God and you follow it. God always makes sure it works. Because here's the thing. Whenever I give somebody advice and they follow it, it's really important to me that it works. Otherwise, I feel really bad. And so sometimes, I will help make it work. Just because I don't want to lead some, I don't want to lead somebody wrong. And God, He does the same thing too. When we go to Him for counsel, and God says, hey, this is what you need to do, God is going to make sure that it happens. And David knew that. That if I get God behind me on this, then He's going to make it work. He will win the battle for us. And David, he had a habit of that. David, that's why he was fine with going and fighting Goliath. David didn't have a chance against Goliath as far as man was concerned. There was no way that this young boy could defeat this warrior giant. But David knew that God was going to back him up. I guarantee you, David went to the Lord for counsel on that. God told him, hey, go ahead and face that giant. And David knew that he was okay. Because he had that counsel. And that's what you need to do when you're in those situations in your life. When you don't know what to do, when you're distressed, go to the Word of God. See what the Bible says because that's one, that's where the answers are. And two, when God sees you following His Word, God's going to back you up and He's going to make sure that you're successful in that situation. And so that's why it's so important to me that you know, as a pastor, I want to make sure that I know I don't. I probably shouldn't give this secret away either. Well, I'm going to. You probably already figured it out. But I'm not the greatest pastor in the world. I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. I'm not the most. Uh, I'm not the most anything. Okay. So if anything is going to get accomplished here, I'm de- I'm absolutely dependent on God. I absolutely dependent on God. So my method is is just to try to make sure that everything we do here is biblical. They're just constantly going to God. Hey, what does the Bible say to you? You know, God, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do in this situation? And then when God sees, because I know when God sees me following His instructions, He's going to make sure it works. 
And that's what all of us ought to do in every situation in our life. Go to the Father for counsel. And the way we do that is we go to His book. We go to His Word. And you can mark it down like David said. That it's perfect. That it's more to be desired than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. I mean, it's in keeping of it. There is great reward. David understood that following the counsel of God was only going to get you in a great place. But David also, he went to the Father for counsel, but he also often went to God for courage. Go to Psalms chapter 3. Psalms chapter 3. This is also a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. It says David was on the run. David's kingdom is being overtaken. This is a very low point. Once again for David in his life, his own son has turned on him. His king, much of his kingdom has turned on him. And he says in verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. He's like, Lord, there's a lot of them out there. A lot of people talking against me. A lot of them saying that there is no help, that there's nothing that God can do. And David, he's probably feeling it himself. But then in verse 3, he says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon Thy people. Now I might be reading into this a little bit. But this is this is what, exactly what I picture in my head. David, he's on the run from Absalom. David, he's there. I know a part of that run. He's there on the Mount of Olives, and he's there. He's sitting there one day, and he's—I mean—he's down. He's—if uh, you read the story of that, it was a very difficult time for David, and David needed some courage. And David, boy, he had a plan. I'm not saying David was trying to outsmart God or anything, but look, this is what I think David was doing. David, like he often did during those sad times, during the happy times, he started writing. And he's like, you know what? I want to write this song. And he's writing down what he's feeling. He's writing down how, boy, they're all piling up against Everything's against me right now. But then he goes and he writes down what he thinks about God. And notice, these are songs. These are songs. These are things they sung. And I imagine David, he got all those guys together and they started singing this song and he starts talking about how the, Thou, Lord, art shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. I will not be afraid of 10,000 people that have set themselves against me round about. He's saying all this stuff and they're singing this to these people and God's and he knows that God's watching him. He sees it. And I can just picture David probably thinking, Lord, do you hear what we're singing about you right now? Lord, do you hear what we're saying about you? Lord, and he believed it. David was smart enough to know that God knows his heart. Lord, listen to what we're saying about You. Lord, You are a protector. You are the one that we're depending on. And Lord, You are where I get my courage from. And God, that kind of thing pleases God. God loves to hear our praise. God loves to hear us sing. 
There's praising going on in heaven right now before the throne. God loves to hear His people singing His praises in church. He likes hearing us sing songs like it is well with my soul, especially when we mean it from the heart. And David just started singing this song, just bragging on God. He makes up a new song. Just bragging on how great God is. Bragging on where he gets his courage from. And sure enough, David ended up getting victory in that situation. The kingdom ended up getting restored to David. It was a difficult time. And David needed some courage. And David, once again, he went to God for courage. And we can read about what he was feeling and what he was thinking. Have you ever felt like that before? Everybody's against me. Now, most of us, we don't, we probably never felt surrounded by armies or anything like that. But maybe you've been there where you felt surrounded by the bill collectors or something. I mean, well, Lord, what am I going to do? I got this bill, I got that bill. Lord, what am I going to do? Nobody cares. Lord, many are they that rise up against me. These bill collectors, they're ruthless. The credit card company is calling me over and over again. I mean, they're threatening to shut my electricity off, they're threatening to shut my water off. Lord, what am I going to do? Maybe I ever felt like that before? You're just you're concerned, you're down, and that's where David was. But he just went and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Because let me tell you something: I've been in situations where I wasn't sure what to do financially, and I need some encouragement. And usually, looking at my bank account doesn't help. And so, what I have to do is I have to encourage myself in the Lord. And I have to go to the Scriptures and I have to read some of the uh, the verses in the Bible that talk about God's provision and talk about the riches of God and talk about how He can take care of us and how He'll provide for our needs and how David said, I've been old and now I'm young and I've not or I've been young and now I'm now old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. And I just sometimes you have to go and you have to get encouraged from the Lord. Because when you go to people Maybe you go to somebody and you're you're down financially, and instead of encouraging you, they ask you to borrow money. It's like now what I do, and you have to encourage yourself in the Lord, and that's what David did. He didn't have anybody else. David David was the king there, or he, uh, during that time he was the leader. He was the one that needed courage. These people they kind of fed off of David, and so he went to the Father for it. But also another thing that David went to the Father for. Is he went to the Father for compassion. People aren't always going to feel sorry for you. We get very caught up in our own little problems, and the last we all love to talk about our problems, and we all hate to hear everybody else's problems. So it's kind of a human nature thing. And a lot of times when we try going and get there's some people you can go to them and you can be dying. I mean you've got a hundred and five temperature, they got a hundred and six. I mean, their situation is always worse. I mean, you owe somebody a million dollars, they owe somebody two million. I mean, whatever it is, their situation is always worse. You're just not going to get any sympathy from them. It's like it's a contest. You ever know anybody like that? You have never had a sickness that they haven't already had. They're all, they're all yeah. I'm not the only one that's met them. They're all over the place, and you're just not going to you're not going to get any compassion from them. You're not going to get any sympathy. And listen. You know, I, I try to be these things, but I'm, I'm not always that either. And 
Uh, you know, it's kind of like with the husbands and wife. You know, when, when they're both sick, the husband's always sicker than the wife. <laughs> I mean, that's just. I, I saw a TV show the other day. It was so funny. Uh, my, wife, my wife was cracking up because, I mean, it's just. It's just. It's kind of a human nature thing. You don't always get compassion from people, but David, he didn't get a lot of compassion from people. So you know who he did? He'd go to the Father once again. And in Psalms chapter fifty-one. This is David looking for compassion after he has committed a great sin. David, in this situation, he has done wrong. He, he is at fault. He is, he is about to suffer greatly for his sin. The Nathan the prophet told him that he was going to pay fourfold. David And David kind of pronounced that judgment on himself. We don't have time to go into that whole story. But this is after David's sin with Bathsheba. And in verse 1, listen to what he says, "...Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of Thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against Thee and Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in Thy sight, that Thou mightest be justified when Thou speakest and clear when Thou judgest." Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from Thy presence, and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation, and uphold me with Thy free spirit. David, he didn't have the attitude like a lot of people have when they do wrong. That Well, it's just human nature. Everybody does it. It's, you know, well, it wasn't my fault. It was her fault. David doesn't do any of that. David, he knew he needed compassion. David knew that he was wrong. David threw himself on the mercy of God. And you notice, it's, it's interesting how David right here is going to God. Notice how he says, the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. David is going to the one who has just punished him for mercy. And you know, the truth is, any good parent we see in the Bible, they punish their children. Okay? But a good parent though also is going to comfort them after they punish them. And they're going to continue loving them. Sometimes when you go and you give them that whooping they need, and they're crying. And sometimes too, you know, the kids, they go, you know, then they want to hug you afterwards. It's like you want to make sure everything's okay. And as a parent, you absolutely ought to do that. After you punish them, then you comfort them. That's what God, God does it throughout the Bible. There's tons of verses. We could show along those lines. But David, he goes straight to the one who has just punished him, basically. Who is about to punish him some more. I mean, it was uh, that sin of Absalom. Or Absalom taking over the kingdom. Part of that was judgment on David because of his sin with Bathsheba. But David, during that time, he knew he had done wrong. He knew that he was going to get what he deserved, but he just he needed compassion. He needed somebody to love him during that, and he went. He went to God for it, and God gave it to him. 
He said, like we said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Notice he didn't say, Lord, give me salvation again. We talked about that this morning. Eternal security. We can't lose our salvation, but we can lose the joy of our salvation. David wasn't right with God. He didn't have the joy that he used to have. And so he goes to God and said, Lord, restore that to me. I want to be, I want to enjoy my salvation, but he couldn't. In that same condition, he's just throwing himself on the mercy of God for compassion. And that is, and that is exactly what God gave him. And we do have a compassion of God. He's a just God. God will deal with our sin. But when we turn to Him for comfort after that, He'll comfort us too. It's the amazing thing about God. Just like a mother or a father does their children. But He went to the Father for counsel. He went to the Father for courage. He went to Him for compassion. And then, He also went to Him for comfort. Psalms chapter 23. Psalms 23. Very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Notice how he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, thou art with me. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, when you're in those tough, dark places, you need comfort. And you don't always, hopefully you can get it from people, but you can't always count on them for sure. And David, once again, he finds, he comforts himself in the Lord. He goes to God. He said, I'll not fear because you're with me. He would just remember who was with him. And notice what he said comforts him. He said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David was a shepherd. And from what I've read about shepherds, one of the things that they would do with that rod and that staff is they would use it to, if a wolf or something come along, they'd use it to fight off that animal that was trying to attack them. But also, they would use that staff. You've seen those shepherd staffs that have kind of that hook in the end, that cane. Sometimes they'd have to kind of reach out and get a sheep back in line. They'd start getting out of line or getting out of the fold. They use it. Sometimes they might even have to poke them a little bit. They would say that the shepherds, sometimes if a sheep would start constantly going astray and leaving the flock, what they would have to do is finally break their legs. And they would mend them up, and then the shepherd would carry them around. And then they would, you know, they'd take care of it, and then the sheep, it would get better, and it would walk again, and it would learn its lesson. So that shepherd knew, hey, there's a lot of danger out there. That sheep is better off getting its legs broken than it is going out there and getting eaten by a wolf or a lion or something. And you know what? David, he found comfort. In that rod and staff. The very one that God uses sometimes to keep us in line. That punishment that He gives us sometimes. Sometimes God's got to break our legs spiritually. But then He picks us up and He carries us and He comforts us. And those sheep, I mean, sheep are dumb animals. I heard that sheep are so dumb, if they go too long without drinking water, they will forget how to do it and will die. I've been told. But I mean, they're they're that dumb. 
Sometimes, boy, we're we're kind of like that. <laughs> it's funny when you when you read about that. It's like, why does God always compare us to sheep? <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. But that rod, that staff, those sheep, they figure out, hey, if I start getting, they know, oh, he's got that staff. If I start getting out of line, they know exactly what he's going to do with it. And so it's something they can kind of look at and know, hey, I'm not getting poked today. I'm not getting that thing wrapped around my neck and pulled back in the flock. I'm not getting hit with that thing today. I'm doing all right. And they knew that they they were in the right place. There was comfort in that. They knew that, hey, if anything comes after me, that shepherd, he's going to take that rod. He's going to clunk that wolf over the head or whatever. Instead, they have a sharp end on him. He's going to, he's going to stab it. Whatever he has to do. And God does the same thing with us. He comforts us. When we're in those difficult times, verse five, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil; my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, I don't, I don't know the situation that David was in when he wrote this psalm, but I do know that it's one that there's gonna be many times in your life when you're gonna, when you're gonna need it. When you're in that valley, you're in that dark place, and you're going to need comfort from somewhere, and the best one to go to to find comfort is the Lord. You can count on getting that comfort from Him. David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. David, he got his counsel from the Lord. He uh, he got his courage, the compassion, the comfort. He got it all from God. Everybody, everyone needs something in their life that's consistent. And it doesn't change and it doesn't move. It's like little kids. They have their little comfort things. My daughter Allie, she's got her blankie. Her kiki, as she calls it. It's got to be that one. Abby's got one that kind of looks like it. You try to give her that one at night, she doesn't want it. It's got to be the one. Almost, I think all of my kids had one. Sometimes they get all, they'll get nasty and dirty. And you just you want to throw it away, but you can't do it. They need they need that kiki or whatever. They they've got to have that. They get they get comfort from it. Having something that's the same. They've got their little you know procedures and things that you have to do when you put them to bed. Otherwise, you just totally throw them off and they don't go to bed right. They just they need that consistency. They need that to have comfort. And you know what? Even as adults, we're the same way. You know, I've heard stories in churches where. You know, the place is falling apart and coming down, but nobody wants to change anything in there because it's been this way for 50 years. And they find comfort in that. They wouldn't like going in another place and it all looking different. I'm not saying that they're right, but I'm saying I can kind of understand where they're coming from. I know my, uh, you know, this place here, you know, hey, there's a very good chance we're going to outgrow it. And. You know, uh, it's it's might be the longer we're here, probably the harder it's going to be to go to you know to another auditorium or something, because you know you kind of you kind of get some comfort there in those things that are the same and those things that don't change. And the truth is, though, on this earth things change, things have to change. You know, things get old, they fall apart. You know, you, you've got to change things. You've got to change cars. Uh, you know, I'm the kind of person I get a vehicle. I want to keep it for a long time. I get kind of attached to them. Don't want to get rid of them, but they fall apart, and you have to get rid of them. You have to go on to something else. But thank God we have something in this life that doesn't change, something that doesn't move, 
And there's many things that we go to sometimes for comfort in other areas, but the one, the only thing that's never going to change is that rock with the capital R, God Almighty. Psalms chapter 61, verse 2, you don't need to turn that. The David once again says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When I'm overwhelmed, he had a rock that he would go to. You know, he used that comparison because back in those days, you know, things changed a lot. They didn't have a lot of the big building things. Sometimes they'd have a big stone somewhere, a big rock that would serve as a reminder, or maybe a place that they would go. And it was just a place they could find comfort. They always said, hey, that, that rock's going to be there. It's, gonna, it's not going to move. It's not going to change. And God is the same way. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can find comfort in that. We can always count on that. And I'm here today to tell you this isn't something you're going to be able to do just boom at the snap of a finger. You've got to work on it. But we need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's what David had to do during those different times. He didn't, he didn't have anybody else. He only had God. And you're going to be there someday. I hope I can be there for you. I hope your family and everybody, but I'm not positive that that will be the case. There may be times where you have nobody else, but God, I hope you'll turn to Him and learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. So let's stand together.